Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. This is Penn Sunday School, and to our listening ears, all angels sings and round us Mary Sues and Larry Stews, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm your host, Reddy Rich, filling in for Michael Godot, coming to you from the Secret Casino Backroom in North Las Vegas. Today we'll finish the Piff Pod backstage chat with Penn and Friends, featuring all their favorite stories of bringing the pain on stage. And now here he is, preaching love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Yeah, this is Penn preaching love. That's what I'm doing. I'm preaching love. This is more of the conversation with the backstage during Piff, uh, Piff's podcast. It's going to go just a short period of time. We got to laugh and get to talking. So we're going to continue the throwing the lemon into Weir Christopher's mouth story from Asparagus Valley Culture Society days. This is all backstage at the Penn and Friends show. If it sounds like fun to you and you're going to be in Vegas January 17th, 18th, and 19th, which is Martin Luther King weekend. You can buy tickets to that. It will not be Piff. It'll be Matt Donnelly, the mind noodler, filling in because Piff has some other gigs. But you can get those tickets wherever you'd normally get them at uh, Penn and Tell or any of that. But this is continuing the um, Weird Christopher Catching a Lemon in His Mouth story inspired by Piff's performance in Piff and Pen. Piff and Pen, no. Uh, Pen and Friends. Uh, Piff. Jade Simone, I guess even Mr. Piffles in the other room barking a little bit, Mac King and Mike Jones, please enjoy it. In 1975, uh, my friend Weir Christmer, who was the third member of the Asparagus Valley Culture Society, I was a juggler, and at that time I was in my prime, I was very, very good, and my hand-eye was extraordinary, and I also had a pretty good arm. And Weir Christmer, the third member of the Asparagus Valley Culture Society, the other one being Teller, has a very big mouth. So we were bored because we were trying to get work and we couldn't. So we would sit around the house that we shared. Now the house had... All three of you share this house? Yeah. I didn't know that. Fairly low ceilings. If you're talking about the standard doorway, which is about uh, seven foot, uh, the ceilings are only about a foot, maybe a foot and a half higher than that. It was a low-ceilinged house. And Weir and I, we would do kind of weird sadomasochistic uh, comedy things that amused the two of us. He would throw a bowling ball out of the third story, bounce it off a couch, and I would try to catch it, (laughs) which which would knock me down and make us both laugh. He would make me lie. Who wouldn't laugh? He would make me lie on the floor. And he would try to see if he could drop a basketball uh, down the stairwell directly onto my solar plexus without me flinching. 
<laughs> and trust me to not hit my nuts. <laughs> and Teller would watch this and he was disgusted. <laughs> he thought it was the sickest thing ever because once he threw the basketball and I passed out after he hit with the basketball, the solar plexus. And he thought we had crossed a line, but we hadn't even gotten near the line for us. We were at a very big mouth. And one night after dinner, there was a half a lemon. That Teller had squeezed into his tea. And I said, I bet I could throw that into Weir's mouth. <laughs> and Weir opened his mouth wide. And from across the table, I threw it. And it went right in his mouth. And Weir said, wow, that was pretty good. And I said, I bet we can do it further. Uh-huh. And I threw it further and hit him right in the mouth. And then we got the entire length of the house with the doorways. How now, wide was that? Uh, it, it was wide. Was it wider than wider your stage? Than stage? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but here's the important part. It yeah, had really ceiling, right? low yeah. ceilings. Yeah. So we kept backing up and backing up and backing so up. So now you got to really and wing Teller it. was there watching it. And it then became, <laughs> I was throwing a half lemon as hard as I could. Now, you know, I, would, I could probably pitch 60 miles an hour, maybe 40, 50, you know. But a lemon is going to go a little slower than that, slower than a baseball, not made for that. But I'm thinking... I'm thinking that lemon to make it across there was probably going 30. And uh, Weir was there, crouched down. He wanted to get as low as possible with his hands on his knees and his mouth wide open. And there was one of our girlfriends and Teller uh, who were there in the room with us. And both of them could not stay because it took us two hours. <laughs> and Weir's lips were completely cut and bleeding. I'd broken his glasses. His nose was bleeding. But lemon juice doesn't affect that in any way. No, <laughs> and so it was stinging and burning. And he, he would take it and he would toss it back to me. And I would walk all the way back. And I would wind up and say, this time for sure. And he'd open his mouth. And I would throw it as hard as I could. I mean, it was really just burning my arm. And it would go like, bam, and just miss it. And he'd go like, fuck, fuck. We can get it next time. We can get it next time. And Teller said, you, you have to stop. You have to stop now. We said, no, no, no. And Teller said, look at your face in the mirror. And he said, I will not stop. And Teller said to me, Penn, you can't keep doing this to your friend. You've got to stop. I said, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. And I threw that. Man, it did not feel like it was the one that was going to hit it. You know, it was grazing right along the ceiling, and it was really hard. And we were backed up a little bit. It was almost against the wall and into his mouth. And then, right? Because the force. Yeah, yeah. Gagging, choking, and also both of us laughing hysterically and celebrating. I mean, we ran up, and we had the lemon still in his mouth, and I just embraced him like I've never embraced anyone. And we just hugged and hugged and hugged and screamed that we did it. And that's when the Heimlich was invented. (laughs) And then we're took the lemon and pulled it out of his mouth, and it was covered with blood, (laughs) covered with blood, and all squeezed out. It had been beat up, and I said, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And Weir put it in a baggie and put it in our freezer, and for the next 
five years, every year on the anniversary, we'd bring it out and look at it and say, man, remember how fast that motherfucker was traveling? And remember how you caught it in your big mouth? So when you do the banana thing, that's what I think of. Well, I've th- your stage is what? Your stage is, what, three times the size of our stage? But when we're on tour, then we play bigger rooms. And so I have practiced on those stages. But here's the thing. If I even think about throwing that banana, I can't get it anywhere near their face. I have to do it completely unconsciously, like I'm not even thinking. When I do that, the thunk, straight in their face. Yeah, but you understand that it is a two-person operation. Yeah, but you understand that without me, they're nothing. But you understand that I was in your position, Piff. So I'm trying to show some humility. I believed that my throw was everything in the Weir Lemon Catch. <laughs> I really did. Because at the been, speed it was coming, he couldn't adjust much. I give you and an ex- can you imagine hitting a target like that the whole length of a house? No. But from me to Jonesy once, uh, <laughs> Michael Weber was drinking. A, I had a bottle of water, and I had a grape. And I said, "How much if I throw this in the grape, in the this grape, in that Evian bottle?" And hundred dollars. Hold it up. Bam! Right in. Oh, so nice. It was unbelievable. I so, was, but what I'm saying is, is there are sometimes I paid I've by the way. That he banana. paid. Well, I took the money too. I once said to Robbie Libin, "If you can catch that fly in your mouth, I'll give you a hundred dollars." <laughs> And the fly landed on the mirror, and Robbie went up close to it, and then, bow, right into the mirror with his mouth. And I said, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. And he closed his mouth, and he opened it, and a fly flew out. It was the best $100 I ever spent. Hey, you know what? That's another thing that's been amazing about this, is we got to hang out with your crew. Yeah. Because I've done a ton of stuff for, you know, with you guys. I've never really become, like, buddies with them. Yeah. Not saying I'm buddies with them now, but I'm pretending to be. <laughs> right. They are the best, aren't they? They are Robbie, We're so tight. Every time we walk past, and like, hey, thanks, Robbie. And he just walks by. But, you know, he looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's, he hears me at least. <laughs> yeah, our 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 our, our crew Licker's are hardcore. Badass, let's just say yeah, it. I get texts from Bert. Yeah. She's like, "How long are you gonna do tonight?" Ha ha ha. I mean, she doesn't say ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the point is, is that we're talking at least. You know, Bert. If we go up at nine oh one, she's out of her fucking mind. We started late tonight. Was that because of the meet and greet or what? Was it? Uh, yeah, as are you, because you got a vamp, right? I'm playing as fast as the Oh, hang on. I'm waiting for the flashlight from Bert, and it's 9.01, 9.01, 30 seconds. And I'm thinking, oh, can I play one more? Can I play one more chorus at this tempo? Remember the night we went up, something horrible happened at the box office? Yeah. We can go up to like 9.17. And I never let up. I played Caravan at that temple for 17. Because then by, by 15 minutes in, God I'm just like, on my I, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to fuck. I, can I fuck? Say fuck on this? You, yeah. you can also fuck. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah i got to find the woman. Pick. As long as there's as long the as there is a band. Um, yeah, I just Henry. said I'm not, I'm not going to stop. And 15 minutes into uh. it, I was like, well, I don't know if I can keep going, but I'm going to try. And then you came out and you said I, something like, 
you you people don't know what you just watched there or something because it was it was ridiculous. I luckily never had to do it. Now again. you said I got blisters on my fingers, quoting the Beatles and Helter Skelter. Yeah, yeah. Who That's do you think? Call, right? Who do you think yeah. says that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I've always assumed it was John Lennon. Yeah, me too. It's not. It's Ringo. Ringo's the one that yells, I got blisters on my fingers. And you know during Hey Jude when he says, I fucked up? Remember that in the yeah. middle of Hey Jude? Yeah. Before they go into the uh, the, the, the finish, the, uh, the coda? Before they go into the coda, someone yells, I fucked up. I always thought that was Ringo, and that's Paul. And Paul is hit when he hit a seven when he's not supposed to? Yeah. 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 yeah he he's not supposed to hit a seven. He hits a seven on the piano. And he assumed everybody's going to stop. They don't. Because it's a long fucking song. <laughs> so I would like to say, I've tossed bananas, and it has been... Now, is that an English slang for masturbation? <laughs> I tossed bananas? Yeah, it's like double or quits. Yes. <laughs> so I've tossed bananas before, and I've been stunned by the audience's ability to catch bananas. Mm-hmm. For example, I did one in college, and I threw the banana off of the stage, and this kid jumped off the stage, caught it, and in midair, turned around and somehow landed back on the stage. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Wait, he f- he went off the edge of the stage. That's and what it looked in like the middle to me. Of this, and he defied gravity. Yes, yes. And came back. Yes. Okay. And you tried to take credit for a magic show? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't take credit for that. At that point, I gave this child all the credit. I said, you guys don't know what you witnessed. This man defied gravity. And then one time, we were doing a show at my agent's. Uh, in LA and I like threw the banana I did a really bad throw and the guy uh, like jumped he like did a diving banana catch it was unbelievable that's not what happened tonight tonight I did it directly it to his throw. face it was a very good throw. all he had to do was open his face very good throw. I, straight in I saw Bruce Springsteen playing his first stadium show ever huge stadium show uh, in, in Philadelphia it was the first day I'd, I'd been. I'd seen Springsteen in '73 when he was an opening act, and I was a, I was a fan. So I went and saw his first stadium show ever. He finished with his guitar and he threw it to his roadie, and he would take his uh, his blonde Fender and he would just toss it, uh, pretty good distance, probably uh, maybe ten yards, you know, eight yards, you know throw it and the roadie would catch it and i'd seen him do that other times but i was at a stadium the distance is a little greater he throws it and the roadie dives for it misses it and it bangs on its strings and bounces across the stage and springsteen looked at the guy and went fuck what and i in the audience uh, raised my hand <laughs> springsteen did not call on me he did not <laughs> had he called on me i was going to say mr springsteen as a professional juggler I have got to tell you, the problem was the throw. (laughs) There's no way you can say fuck. Now, uh, I learned a very important thing. When you're club passing, two people throwing clubs back and forth juggling, which I did with Mike Motion, MacArthur genius grand juggler. (laughs) When you pass, the audience cannot tell who made the mistake. But the two jugglers on stage know who made the mistake. Uh, if you're watching John and Owen, by the way, the passing zone, it's always John that made the mistake. <laughs> in case you want a little inside information, Owen can catch anything. And in the uh, Mike and Penn juggling, Mike threw the hard stuff, and I could catch anything at that time. Also being taller 
and I was really good at saving his mistakes. But Hovey Burgess, who taught at Ringling Brothers, taught juggling, and is now still working as a juggler, even though he's in his 80s. He now does a weird bondage and discipline act with a young woman who whips him while he juggles, but that's another story. And he's 80. Yeah. That is sexy. Uh, and he works in a like a like a leather posing strap while he gets whipped while he juggles. And uh, Hovey worked with Judy in the um, uh, San Francisco Mime Company, Mime Troupe. Judy was his wife, and they would pass clubs. They were our idols, and Mike and I would watch them. And we got to see them working. And whenever a club hit the floor, Hovey would go, Judy! <laughs> Instantly. And Mike and I were sitting there going, boy, uh... Uh, Judy's having some trouble with the with the catches. Then we started watching carefully as jugglers, and we realized that most of the time, it was Huffy's mistake, and he had just trained himself whenever things were going south, just say instantly, Judy, 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 and then when we called him on that, he said, "Well, I'm just alerting her." that it may be a bad throw. Ah. And I said, no, you're not, you lying sack of shit. Yes. You're it's blaming a double it reality. Your way. <laughs> Judy! Yeah. Jade is pointing at me for some reason. Yeah. So what I'm saying <laughs> is, all you've got to do is what Piff does. And when the person misses the thing, you berate them, right? Now, fearful. I would like to give the floor yeah. 100% to Jade right now. Yeah. Off you go, Jade. <laughs> yeah, I get Jade instead of Judy. Yeah. <laughs> If what? he forgets his pen, he forgets anything. Jade, Jade. What was it? It's true. Everything. Yeah. 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 It's just shouts, Jade. It, he just, just shouts, shouts at me. Just shouts at you. The best you part out. about it, though, is when we go do a meet and greet, I will actually have somebody look at me and go, why did you mess up Pin's tr uh, Piff's uh, trick? I'm the taller one. Yeah, I know you are, babes. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by your legs. But, yeah, that's usually um, what I get. Why'd you mess up Piff's trick? And I'm like, mm. well, it's but good. I but you, smile you and nod, this. and I get through it. And then I've got to the point now, like, you seriously think I messed it up? I just point now. Well, uh, you know, what Mike and I started doing was whenever there was a mistake in our show, we would say, Judy! <laughs> it became our code for things I that fucked up. The audience it. didn't understand. We go, Judy! Taylor never gets thrown under the bus when things go wrong? Uh, I have, I've done it when it's been very, very clearly my fault. Right. For comedic purposes, I have tried to blame Teller in, in, in a cowardly character. I've never tried to get away with it the way you do. Yeah. <laughs> you do now, you've got no often. one to blame. Right? I got no one. You got yeah. a bear. You have a bear. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. The other day, I was shouting at Jade. Would someone kill those fucking dogs? I know. No, we can't kill crazy. them. That's the money. Okay. All right. The, how do you not? It's like the soothing sound of birdsong. And that's Piffles. It's not even the second one. It is it's a Piffles. little bit like the soothing sound of birdsong. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, I was on stage shouting at Jade because I couldn't find uh, the scissors that were in my case. I was like, where's my case? You know, my big red case. And it was literally right in front. I was standing behind it. And I just hadn't slept enough. <laughs> And then Jade came on and pointed it. And at that stage, it was clear that it was my fault, not Jade's. The, although I think I have done stupider things on stage than anyone. When I caught my nutsack. Oh. oh. 
in the uh, in the in the uh, the dog stopped did barking you ever hear about on that, that? part. <laughs> no, I hope it was with the nail gun. Oh, I, um, I need color commentary on this. There was a uh, there was a bit we did called Honor System, where Teller was put in a box, a rather large box, and oh, I yeah, would yeah, yeah. close it with a hasp, and I would sit on top of it and do the rest of the talking. Now I am wearing this is important to know I am wearing boxer shorts under my suit. And my suit is uh, well-tailored to give, as Lyndon Johnson says, a lot of room in the crotch, like a little room in the crotch. Yeah. So I had room in the crotch. Do you dress left or right? I dress I dress left. Okay. As you know. But <laughs> yeah, right. Play dumb. Play dumb if you like. Right. Um, I just wanted you to clarify for the listeners. Okay. Boxer shorts or boxer briefs? What's that? Boxer shorts or boxer briefs? Boxer shorts. At that time, I was. Okay. So I was, you know, I was uh, swinging fairly free, as the story will uh, will demonstrate. So my job was to sit up on the uh, on the on the box, right? That's what I'm going to do. Sit up on the box. Now, when I sat up on the box this particular night, my ass caught the side of the box. Picked the box up just enough for my ball sack to swing <laughs> into the space between the top of the box and the box. And then I sat on the top lid of the box, <laughs> thus crushing oh. my ball sack under my own you weight. Paint a pretty picture. <laughs> and if I may interject, <laughs> you may. Standing on the side of the stage, watching him. Push himself onto the box and realize something was wrong. And saying the immortal phrase, oh, 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 oh I, I, I've injured myself. I, I don't think that anyone on the crew was, was really worried that he'd injured himself, except maybe Robbie. The rest of us were in hysterics. It was, I, I've, I've injured myself. It was wonderful. Well, then wonderful. you're in an impossible situation. Yeah, what do you do? You can't, you can't get, yeah, got to get a little leverage to get up. It's not a chance. Right, because you push down, yep. all you're doing is pushing harder on your ball sack. It, was, um, it seemed to take forever. Well, I, know. See, I mean, that, that moment that's a three-person sure job you, to get extricated but, but, from that. But, yeah, really. it, it seemed to be really, like, time slowed down. <laughs> yeah, wow. and I'll tell you, uh, as far as the greatest escape artist of all time, some would say Houdini. I think those <laughs> in the know would say Pendulette. <laughs> <laughs> because somehow, never mind freezing water in the river. <laughs> never mind a, a, a milk container. Never mind a water tank. I had my full weight on my ball sack <laughs> holding me in that position. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember reading about Houdini doing that. Uh, yeah. I, I got out. And, and did you? Uh, how was it afterwards? Well, I, I got to explain to you. Uh, I did not catch my testicle. Right, right. So I it's caught, not that kind of pain. I it's caught the like... ball sack. Yeah. And the ball sack is uh, sensitive, but it's not sensitive like the testicles. It's not because there's no fucking god that there's actually an internal organ that's outside the body. <laughs> right. This is the proof we have. Testicles are the proof of no god. By the way. Why are they the proof of no god? Because. If no, there were designer, geniusly designed temperature control system. That's right. 
but you don't need a temperature control okay. system if you have uh, if you if, if you're omni- omnipotent. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I know it's temperature control system. But wait, 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 wait. So what? Why is there no? Why is there no God because of no? T- because of because the you have internal organs outside of your body. But you know the ball sack is fairly tough. Right. But uh, not that tough to take. I was heavier then, so. 320 pounds of pressure on a little piece of skin. Uh, it hurt. And there was uh, uh, there was a like a purple line on my ball sack. Did you show everybody? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Sure I did. But Jonesy actually was in more danger than me because he almost choked on his tongue laughing. <laughs> uh, and it really was what I said, you know, oh. I've injured myself. <laughs> uh, there's a level that go like fuck. It's like you're still in control of yourself. Yeah, right. But when there's real danger oh, yeah. and panic, everything goes to this like shut down. Right? Just I got to try to solve this. Like if someone pulls a gun on you, you don't go fuck. Right? That's yeah. uh, there's another level beyond screaming fuck. There's right? any time you t- any time you're. You're uh, able to complain about being ill. You're not really ill. Right. Yeah. That's that. I had the flu once, and I just couldn't move for three days. That oh, was all it was. I've injured myself. Oh, I've now. By the way, I've been kicked in the balls a lot, but this was a different pain. I'm there for that too. Yeah. Well, one of the times. <laughs> one of the times. You haven't been there for every time no, I've been kicked in the no, balls. No. no. But uh, but and also oh, I I I shortchanged you. It was it was. He sat on his balls, sack. Mm-hmm. He looked at the audience. There was a pause. Time <laughs> is everything, really. Yeah, and then he said, oh. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh. Oh, I've injured myself. I believe it was that long. Well, of a, oh, because oh, I will tell God. you, oh, and I've said this before, said dear. my oh, dear. children... Mm. My children, when Howard Stern does an impersonation of me, Howard Stern goes, rah, 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 rah. when um, when Stephen Fry does an impersonation of me, rah, 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 rah. when my children do an impersonation of me, they go, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> that weird. is what I really say. You know, the, the, the blustering, the swearing, that all is after my New England upbringing. Right. You know, to my mom and dad, a quietly spoken oh dear was the worst thing that can happen. Let's take a moment and talk about HelloFresh, shall we? You can break out of your dinner rut with HelloFresh's 22 plus seasonal chef curated recipes every week. Some for everyone, including low calorie, vegetarian, family friendly recipes every week. HelloFresh has more five-star recipes in the other meal kit so you know you get something delicious. It saves time, saves so much time. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with the quick recipe options. The average trip to the grocery store takes 41 minutes. That's over 35 hours a year if you go once a week. Most people go more than that. HelloFresh brings it right to your door. It can help you eat more sustainably. Its pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. It's all cut up, all ready, all measured. It's all uh, delivered from recyclable and or already recycled content. That's where they. Uh, that's the way they uh, send it to you. 
Carbon footprint is 25% lower than store-bought grocery store-made meals. It's also flexible. It fits your lifestyle. Uh, you can get yummy desserts, extras, uh, easily change your delivery day or food preferences, skip a week, whatever you need. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Uh, HelloFresh, it's better to eat at home than at restaurants. It just is. Um, America's number one meal, meal kit, America's best value meal kit. Get the most meal for your moolah. Best value, delicious choice. Uh, we tried this a few times. Um, mostly, uh, uh, my wife makes up meals, you know. But we've tried this a few times. It's been really, really good. Go to HelloFresh.com slash pen. 10 P E N N 1 0 HelloFresh.com slash pen 10. Pen 10 during HelloFresh's New Year's sale for 10 free meals and that includes shipping. What? 10 free meals. What? 10 free meals. That's right. HelloFresh.com slash pen 10. It's really, really good. Check it out. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now, but you're you're doing broken bottle juggling in this show. Mm -hmm. I am right. Another mm -hmm. trick where the punchline is in the. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> where the punchline? What? What? Where the punchline is in the title. Oh. <laughs> so what happened in it? Huh? Um, you've cut your throat with this, right? Yes, I have. I've cut my throat. Oh my god. Uh, I had a, uh, there's a moment in it when I break the bottle, and then I pull it up and I pretend to cut my throat. Going <laughs> But the way the bottle breaks is unpredictable. And my eyesight is not what it used to be. <laughs> so there was one night that there was a shard of glass sticking up way above all the rest, which I didn't see. So I brought the bottle up to my neck and went... And went right across my neck. Now, was it, it was a deep scratch. It wasn't a... Uh, I didn't slit my throat, of course. I'm here to tell it. But I went... And it hurt. And then it was really wet. And I said, I've got my throat on stage. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. And they went backstage and they said to Teller, Ped's just cut his throat. And Teller said, oh, God, he'll do 10 minutes. I went back to his <laughs> And it was just flowing out of me down onto my oh. shirt. And the audience was just thinking, man, this is the hippest special effect I have ever seen. And I was going, listen, I just cut my... And the rest of the show, I just had this... You know, it was just a scratch. You know, but scratches on a place like that can bleed like a son of a Turns bitch. Turns out there's a lot of blood going through your neck. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of blood going through my neck. Yeah. So you 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 juggle bro broken bottles and then Jay comes out and jumps on them. She does a split. I do a jump yeah. split. Yeah. So I'm going to say, oh, dear, and you'll know I've been <laughs> That's <it>. yeah. <laughs> That's right. If, if, That's she says, oh, dear, if she looks up at you and says, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I've injured myself. I've injured oh myself. <laughs> I have shards of glass and... Pussy. Pussy. Yeah. yeah. 
there'll be an extra line it's of the cut new down album there. By <laughs> 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 well, I gotta say, I I watch you do your broken bottle juggling every night. Uh-huh. That's such a good trick. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. That's so good. We you know, we, we put that together. Uh, I got the idea. I was I was obsessing on uh, magician uh, jugglers juggling things they say are dangerous in art. Right. And I always would do a thing with torches where I'd talk about how easy they were to juggle, but the fact they were on fire, and I would do that thing about catching on the wrong end. But I wanted to go and do something really dangerous. So I wrote this whole thing about uh, vials of Ebola Zaire virus that I was going to juggle. But there's no prover on that. and uh, Or there is a prover, but it would not be pleasant. Um, <laughs> hemorrhagic fever, eyeballs popping. Um, so I was trying to think of something. I said, you know, That's the thing... funny, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the thing that would really be great was broken bottles. So I thought I pitched it to Teller, and Teller said, "Well, we'll get a, you'll break the bottle, and we will get made. Uh, we'll we'll make the bottles, and then we'll sand them down really well, and we'll get them all safe. And then you'll go in, smash, and then come up with a switch. Right? You'll switch it on the break." And we set that all up. We were in our we were in New York at the time, and we were working on it. And the, yeah, New York. And um, out in Brooklyn, I was doing the move. I was doing the move, and I said, ah. And Teller kept going, it doesn't look good. You're telegraphing this. You're, you slow down at the bottom. We, we don't, the sound is not right. You got to get the sound and grab the other thing. You're not coming up. And we were working on it for like an hour and a half. And Teller has patience for that. I sometimes don't. <laughs> and I said, uh, fuck it. I'm just going to try it. And Teller said, what? So I'm just going to fucking try to juggle it. And tell us, well, you, do you know that you can do it? I said, no. And he said, well, well, uh, well I don't think you should. Huh? And I said, well, just give me three bottles. Smash, smash, smash. And I stood there and juggled them. And tell, I said, does that look good? Tell us, it looks fucking amazing. It looks amazing. And he said, what are you going to do? Are you going to practice it? I said, no, I'm never going to practice it. <laughs> I said, I'm never going to. Pr- I will not ever practice this trick because every time I do it, I have a chance of getting cut. So practicing is stupid. And you're not practicing anything because the bottle's going to change every night. So I'll just go out and do it. <laughs> so I did it once for Teller. And the next time I did it was on stage. Because <laughs> you're, you're not going to practice something like that. I heard you can do that bit in 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Is that true? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The hard part is doing it in shorter time. I will say that the actual trick, including all the juggling, the punchline juggling, the bottle setup juggling, and the torch juggling, the entire thing is 35 seconds. Okay. But I well, can't... the actual physical action. Yes, I mean. but I need I got some stuff to say about it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and, you know, there have well, been... Well, the first night of this, you know, with Matt instead of Piff, yeah. uh, you know, we were. I was talking to Glenn about how long the show was, and he said, and I said, I, you know, I don't think that's too long. And he says, well, you don't know how long that, jug, that bottle juggling is going to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, is I get more comfortable, yeah. I get more and more stuff to yeah. say. Uh, and I haven't done the hemorrhagic fever oh, hunk yeah. here. I haven't done the hemorrhagic fever hunk. Uh, there's no grasshoppers, so we'll go grasshopper. Oh, tell us about the grasshopper bit. You, you, I just told it the other night. You want to hear it again? You have it? Yeah. They, who do you, have you told it to? Because these people listening to this weren't there the other night. Oh, that's right. I uh, More than the five of us listen to this? Yeah. Okay. The dogs listen. All right. 
So there's just, okay. Every seven years or so, there's a plague of locusts <laughs> upon Vegas. Um, and these grasshoppers, which I think grasshoppers are funnier word than locust. Um, I mean, grasshopper is just really a mean locust. I mean, locust is just a mean grasshopper and uh, very voracious. But that's not important to this. Um, uh, you kind of add something that we haven't heard. Yeah. So uh, the grasshoppers at Bally's would get into the ventilation system and there would often be. 10, 12 grasshoppers that would just come into the theater. They just kind of fall from the ventilators. And these are flying grasshoppers, which I think are called locusts. <laughs> <laughs> and they would buzz around. Now, uh, as you know, uh, grasshoppers are phototropic. No, what does that mean? It means they're attracted to light. Okay. In a theater, the closest thing to sun is a man on stage in a white shirt. Or, yeah. as I found out, this last plague of grasshopper locusts, uh, a white tent laying on the stage <laughs> folded up. When I would go lift that tent up, it would just coat it. Uh, and then they would, like 20 grasshoppers would just go flying yeah. when I would How much grasshopper material did you have? Uh, well, I mean, what? How much grasshopper material did you That's have? It. I didn't have any. I, I, I don't remember any grasshopper. You didn't work I mean, it into the act. I did not work saying. it in. I mean, you should have, because, I mean, they're there for a long time. I mean, the, that... That plague lasts a number of days. Yeah. So anyway. Sorry. Well, the grasshopper would often, I mean often, like, you know, uh, doing doing five shows a week, or actually doing seven <laughs> shows a week then, more often than not, there'd be a grasshopper on stage. <laughs> and the grasshopper would often land on my shirt. And then I discovered this one night, and you can't imagine how it tickled me pink, that if I took the grasshopper and gently threw it, it would do a little circle and come back and land on my shirt. So I would say, watch this. This is my grasshopper that I trained. And the audience, of course, would be going, boy, this is amazing. Ben's doing grasshopper material. He couldn't possibly know there'd be a grasshopper here. And I would gently toss the grasshopper into the air, and it would do like a big circle over the audience and come back and land on my shirt. And the crowd would go Crazy. They would go bullet catch, smullet catch. He has a train And then I would do it again. Right, and backstage once again, the crew would say to Teller, "He's got a grasshopper." Yeah. <laughs> and then Teller would go, go back. I'll take a dump and have a sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need to be here. And I also should point out that while I was doing the grasshopper material, I was hysterical. Yeah. They were seeing such joy. And then I came up with this line. I said, which made me laugh so much. The it made the audience laugh, but never as much as it made me laugh. I would. Say, grasshoppers love juggling. They have a compound eye. It looks like I'm doing 21, <laughs> which right. is actually not correct because the compound eye does not is not not factors of seven. But I didn't know that at the time. I did the research later. And uh, yeah, you don't want to say the wrong number. <laughs> there'll be a, there'll be an entomologist in the audience going, I call bullshit, <laughs> right? Uh, so I would That's do that. another. Another example of you saying a big thing. And I so then I would set the grasshopper on my shoulder and then do juggling tricks for the grasshopper before you to the punchline. I do some special juggling tricks for the grasshopper. And the grasshopper would just sit there. And I would say, They love it. They just love it. Grasshoppers just love it. 
And then I would say. You never say, once said it was your conscience? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have grasshopper material. Right, I there's do. My, now there's I do. My, there's my conscience. <laughs> my, my conscience has reinforcements. <sighs> and though then I would take someone's drink. And I would pour it into the person's drink next to them. An empty glass. I put the I put the grasshopper in the glass, and then put it on their hand and say, "Let the grasshopper watch from the front." So, person in the audience would hold a glass. This is like thirty with, minutes at this point. An inverted glass with a grasshopper on it. And I would say, "Let the grasshopper watch the juggling. They go crazy." So I would then, which is kind of kind of counterproductive, I would then be doing the punchline to my bit with. 1,200 people watching a grasshopper. <laughs> I'd upstage myself with a grasshopper. But boy, when I... Because see, the first night a grasshopper came, I had 30 seconds of grasshopper material. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> but you know, I love... And you know, I would go home and read about them. Because <laughs> that's why my material swells. Is I get an idea on stage and I go home and read about it. Well, yeah. George Carlin would never do polit. No, he, yeah, he would never do. I heard George Carlin wouldn't do like topical material because then when the joke, when it was out of top, you know, he would feel too sad about letting the joke go. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, topical stuff is horrible. And he way. would never. And I assume he would never do grasshopper material. <laughs> but, um, but, but amazing. I'm so sad that there's not a grasshopper here today. The hardest I ever laughed at a show. Oh, certainly. An amazing Jonathan show. <laughs> I'm going to shrink that down a bit. Was when... Uh, when uh, the, I thought you said the hardest you ever laughed at a show was that Amazing Jonathan show. No, oh, different. Okay, that's the hardest different. I ever laughed at an Amazing Jonathan show yeah. is what I meant to say. <laughs> was when Amazing Jonathan was doing this... Uh, there was a... Uh, a uh, at the time, someone had sent around um, white powder different people. It was a terrorist oh, yeah. fear in the early part of the century. There were these envelopes that were sent with powder, and they were trying to catch who it was. It was sent to various political people and scientific people. And Jonathan did a uh, joke where he said, oh, I got a letter here from Siegfried Roy. And he'd open it up, and there was white powder would come out. <laughs> and uh, I saw him after everybody had forgotten that that white powder had been sent around. And Jonathan opened the envelope. The white powder came out. The audience gave him nothing. And Jonathan said, how many more people have to die before that joke is funny again? <laughs> well, we how long are we doing this till January the 4th, Frank? Oh, I thought you meant right now. Because yeah, I, I was promised 15 minutes, 15 minutes via text. Well, we've got grass up material. Okay. <laughs> I'm never even going to talk about my bat material ever again. That's what, yeah, Jay, Jade had to take down the never bat again. a few weeks ago in a, in a, in a show. Well, did, so, you, did, you, did you say bats love magic dragons because they're so dark? No, uh, this bat actually saved his ass this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, but then I had a lot of bat material for the next time, that's just waiting yeah. for another bat to come back. Yeah. I, got, I got at least 15 minutes of top-quality bat material. You, you, when you read Johnny Thompson's book... About his card in the wallet. Oh, yeah. You read the card in the wallet. Yeah. You wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, f for those who don't know, card in the wallet, uh, Johnny Thompson's routine, one of the most complex and perfect magic tricks ever done.
I've seen him do it at trade shows. Ten times you talking about row. the thing with the betting and all? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, wagering. Yeah, and, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. an incredible bit with yeah, the embossing and all that. Yeah, yeah. And in his book, when you read it, because I, as everybody did, entertained actually trying to learn it, which it's just there are branching ends. And there is one thing in there, which I'm not going to give away because it's a fabulous trick and someone will be doing it and doing it well. There's one thing in there that he says, prepare this in case this happens, Right one card thing that it could it's very 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 unlikely but johnny prepared for it and johnny did that thing 30 times a day at trade shows seven days a week for years he did it thousands of times probably between 10 and fifteen thousand times and sure enough once this impossible unbelievable thing happened and johnny was completely ready for it he had loaded it, set it up. He was set for it. Just incredible. So you have bat material. I have grasshopper material. What are you waiting for, shit. <laughs> I used to, when people had uh, cameras with film in them, Yeah. I used to have in my little suitcase a roll of exposed film, big, uh-huh. long roll of it, uh-huh. and a couple of 8x10s. Uh-huh. And when they would, and a flashlight. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so twice in my life I got to do this. Somebody would stand up and take a flash photo, Uh and I'd say, give me that camera. And I would go and put it in my suitcase and pretend to open it up and pull out film Uh and then take the scissors and cut, like, one little square and then hold the flashlight over it (laughs) and then come out with the 8 by 10 (laughs) Wow. And give give the guy this developed picture. Because I and uh, I think I mean I carried all that shit around and I, I'm certain I did it twice and everybody would say you should stooge that it's funny and, and I don't know. well that'd be like stooging paper balls over the head no yeah. one would ever do that anyway <laughs> uh, that be oh, I can't tell this to me okay <laughs> do you know what you, uh, I, I think. And anyway we by the way I went on the ice cream so, what's called ice cream social podcast and. Is it a cute way says podcast? What? Podcast. 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 And I told their listeners to toss mackerels at uh, Matt Donnelly at my shows. And sure enough, somebody did. They threw, well, I guess they dead mackerel onto the stage, but actual mackerel, and got uh, evicted from the club within seconds. So maybe (laughs) we're here to January 4th at the Rio Maybe just maybe somebody will bring a box of grasshoppers and a flash camera <laughs> and, and a the flash bat. camera <laughs> and, and then we can all do our hilarious material. <laughs> Thank you very much for spending 15 minutes talking <laughs> about the show. Thank you, Pen. Take this box of flash. And it's very nice to be friends with you, Pen. And you are welcome for us coming on stage. That was right, right? <laughs> yes, that's, that's how we should say it. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you. Okay, that was backstage at Penn and Friends with Piff the Magic Dragon, Jade Simone, Mike Jones, and Mac King. We're all talking backstage in the monkey room, having a blast. If it sounds like fun to you, you can get tickets to see us Martin Luther King weekend, January 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Rio All Sweeter Telling Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Penn and Teller Theater while Teller recovers from his back surgery. He'll be back February 1st is the first show with Teller 
back on stage at Penn and Teller Theater. And as much fun as I'm having with my buddies, I can't wait to have my real partner back. Um, so that was uh, Piff, Jade, Jonesy, and Mac. And that was Penn Sunday School. I got your cha-cha-cha right here. Turn me on, Deadman. Countdown to Teller's return to the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino. Three weeks. Thanks to Pitt for sharing his podcast with us. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against a shark if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.